podcast about the 80s by people who are made in the 80s. I'm Shalia. And who do we have? We have Tim. Hey, you have Kendon. Hi, guys. Welcome to another week. It's, a, it's an okay one, I think, maybe a little bit. Yeah, okay. We're busy with that. Yeah. Well, we are going to talk about Brewster's Millions. I have not been watching any baseball, but <laughs> I think like, it was a good time for that. I didn't realize that there's not that much baseball in this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, it, I thought it was a fun summer movie-ish. Um, we'll talk about it in a little bit. I'll put the timestamp in the show notes. Okay? Can I get a card, please, Kendon? Let's, let's do some 80s trivia to get in the mood. Yeah, buddy. All right. In Working Girl, what position does Tess hold at the investment firm where she works? <clears throat> I do not remember. Copy editor? Wait, you said investment firm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Assistant manager? She's a secretary. Uh, name, <laughs> I was trying to name be. three of the four golden girls Blanche, Rose, Sophia, and Dorothy. Dorothy is Dorothy Sophia's daughter. Yeah, I can't believe I popped those off my head like that. There you go. Uh, which song is not from Les Mis? Do you hear the people sing Masquerade or I Dreamed a Dream? Masquerade. Yeah. That's what silly. is Masquerade from? Phantom of the Opera. Uh, that's how you knew? Yeah. Uh, what German tennis player won all four Grand Slams in 1988, making her the first to do so? Steffi Graf, Monica Seles, or Anna Kurnikova? Steffi Graf. Good job, Tim. They threw in that Anna Kurnikova. Yeah. yeah. Like, was she down. born in 88? Yeah, probably. She may have been. <laughs> she didn't win that much. All right. What slang term was used for young urban professionals who often dressed in the preppy style and worked in management? Yuppies. Yuppies? Yep. Young urban professional? Is that where yuppie comes from? Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Huh. There Apparently, you go. it's what hippies turned into. Yeah. Word. Okay, mark this card done. We are A's Trivia Tribunes. Okay, so what's been going on this week? Do you guys have any news for us? Bit of news. You know, you probably heard the Batman production had to shut down because Robert Pattinson got the COVID, man. So they had to shut down production. <gasps> what? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's like uh, going to be, what, two week or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy yeah. moly. Wait. So. They were in production, yeah. and they had to stop. Yeah. Well, so Kenan's laughing at me, but I thought that the acting part was done. No, they like shot twenty five percent of the film. Like they didn't even. So what we saw the trailer was just twenty five percent of it. Like, which is why movies and trailers don't match up by the end a lot of times. I guess. Yeah. Wow. But everyone seems to be fine. He just it's. It's so what we're going to see with Hollywood Productions moving forward, at least for the super future, is someone on the cast gets it, and you get the deal. If it was someone other than Robert Pattinson, depending on the production, maybe they let it slide and don't say anything. And like, but I didn't see specifically it was Robert Pattinson. Yeah, it was him. Does he know how he got it? No. Craft services. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of entry points when you're on set. Which is people's concern, but a lot of sets have been 
very good about their social distancing and, and precaution and giving people PPE so they can move around. So we'll see, but so it's going to be the norm. I'm going to, um, I'm going to spoil a 12 year old episode of house because I had restarted watching house and there was a bunch of babies that were being born and they were sick and they were like figuring out that there was an infection going around the hospital. Couldn't figure out what it was. And house is all about solving mysteries. Right. Yeah. And even though they managed to figure out that it was an infection and they figured out it was a viral infection and they figured out which, which one it was, so they could heal all the baby or, you know, cure all the babies. He was still trying to figure out where did it come from? Cause that's what was important to him. And by the end, they realized that there was this woman who was going around and she was giving new teddy bears to all the new, because they were like, what is in common with the specific babies that got sick? She was giving, um, uh, what do you call it? Teddy bears to all the new couples, the new, and then so she was walking through the halls and she was like, nah, nah. and like, you know, rubbing her nose and stuff like that. And, and it shows like with CGI, how the little virus gets onto the little bear and the little bear and yeah. or the virus gets into the child and stuff like that. And it was, he was like, he kind of grins because he's like, okay, I figured it out. But it is, yeah, there's all these ways that these oh, viruses can, can pop around from person to person. Shalia has got her disgusted face on. I see. Yeah, it is really gross. I, will, um, I was telling my mom, like, okay, so the, the, I think masks are great, um, but going back to basics at the very least, uh, wash your hands and don't touch your face are probably, I think, some of the most effective ways to avoid this. But with all of this social distancing and masks and being really careful about washing my hands and not touching my face, um, I haven't had a cold this year. I usually have at least like a cold every couple of months. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to my mom, I was like, yeah, it's been six months since I've been home and I have not been sick once. And so like, even if I might have been, you know, doing it because I didn't want to get COVID, I've also been protecting myself from other ways, like other sicknesses too, which I think is, is interesting and a good reminder of like, even when we go back like post COVID or when we find a vaccine or whatever it is to like still practice social distancing to some extent, still I mean, like do these things because it turns out like we are spreading I think, stuff. I think it's just going to be a habit for a lot of people. It's starting to happen for me. It was happening yesterday when I was at EJ's house. Like, we were all kind of social distance. Like, it just was, it didn't even, no one had to say anything. We all just kind of, like, oh, this is going to be my corner where I sit at. Oh, I'm just going to sit here. And that's kind of, we're all kind of spaced out. It's weird how what becomes sort of muscle memory for you when you've been doing it for so long. Like, backing up when you're talking to people, like, weird stuff we've been doing. But it works. Yeah. That's yeah. the news for me. I don't have any other news. That is my news for the week. That's crazy. I think. Wow. And we have Dune trailer this week. Dune trailer this week. So exciting. All is right. it Colin Farrell who's playing the Riddler? He's playing the Penguin. The Penguin, right? Yeah. That looks weird. I mean, that they really made him not. Um, how do I say? Not as recognizable. Yeah. He's got that. Um, He's got good energy for Penguin. I think he'll do a good job. He's, he's a good actor. Salia's, Salia's a sucker for those uh, Green Street hooligan actors. Uh, <laughs> I, don't that. I don't remember that movie. Um, wait, Colin Farrell's not in there. 
and I'm saying that sort of like cockney, even though he's Irish, that, that kind of swagger. Like, uh, Who's in the gentleman? Who's in there playing that kind of role? Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. We watched a lot of Lie to Me. With some Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, okay. Charlie. So, yeah, let's get into what we've been doing. Um, Tim, what, what have you been up to? Uh, a couple of things. I watched the first few episodes of The Boys season two. And that was, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. It's a crazy show. Homelander continues to be one of my favorite characters on television because he's so crazy and unpredictable. And well acted. Very well acted. I watched Mulan, obviously, which I enjoyed. I felt like it should have been on the big screen. Just the way it was shot and how beautiful it looked. I, I felt like, man, this was really something that was meant to be shown on like a movie screen not my TV, so. But it was you, good that the action sequences were great, huh? Do you think Shilia would be content with this, the uh, theater screen we have downstairs? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, it's, it's different than the original, which I won't spoil for Shilia. It's a different kind of story, but I think the same heart and stuff is still there that, from the original, so I enjoyed it. Is there a Mushu or not? Is that no Mushu. Okay. Well, then it's a different movie. <laughs> movie. Uh, and then I watched for the first time ever Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1992. I had never watched that. Like, totally. Oh, you never seen sure. that one? I just I got never... a mana card. Isn't that Rucker Hauer playing the vampire? Well, it's Luke Perry. Yeah, Luke Perry's in it, which was sad. I was like, oh, Luke Perry. I was a big fan of that movie when what I was a crazy in movie. elementary school. I would dress up like a cheerleader and pretend what I was a... Buffy. I had never seen, I to be I gotta watch the show now because to be fair I had never really watched I've seen episodes of the show and I remember when it was kind of like popular but I never actually really watched it uh, so I watched the movie and I was like this is super ridiculous but like in a fun yeah. way the yeah, show is much darker than the movie and Donald very, very different very different this is a good cast it this was a movie good movie got a pretty bad Rotten Tomatoes score but. 35%. It's a good movie. Where's Christy Swanson from? Uh, I don't know what else she was in. What else was she in? She's she in Ferris Bueller. For a second, I was like, is that Brittany Murphy? Like, for like a split second. Aww. Yeah. And it would have made. She's also in The Phantom. Oh, I remember that movie. Yeah. Yeah, that that was the what the second era of superhero movies. I don't know what you would call it, but like, remember the shadow, the shadow. Like they are making just all of these what like nineteen forties ish comic uh, or radio superheroes into into movies. Yeah. Yep. Well, Buffy is a good one. It's a classic. Now, I think so at least, Tim. I haven't seen it in a long time. Does it take itself very seriously? I kind of think it knows no. what a ridiculous movie it is. No, not at all. Which is kind of what made the movie great. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. Yeah. Doesn't the main d- vampire when he dies is he kind of like curl up and put his cloak over the top of his it's, head or something like something that? Super dumb. And I was like, okay, yeah. this, is, this makes sense for this movie. I yeah. just remember like, don't don't invite them in. We're fine. And then they because they're at the prom. Or just some kind of dance, and like the girls just like, oh, <laughs> they wanted it. So bad. 
Oh, and Luke Perry's so cool. He's such a cool guy. Is okay. Luke Perry is Luke Perry still alive? No. That's four years ago. Uh yeah. We have lost a lot of people. We're just gonna lose more. It's part of getting older. Kind of sucks. But but we do get new people too. We get we uh we get new people introduced, right? And that's fun. Anything else that you're up to, Tim? That is it for me. How do you feel about your fantasy football team? Feel strong? You know, you never play and you like there's a guy you want and someone picks him right before you draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened to me a couple times yesterday. But I feel like I took a chance. I took a chance on don't laugh at me. But I took a chance on a quarterback. Who do you think I drafted? I don't know. Who'd you draft? Colin Kaepernick. That would be a real hell of a chance. No, I drafted Josh Allen from the Buffalo Bills. Wow, as your quarterback. My quarterback. But I have like Jared Goff on my bench and Baker Mayfield. But I was like, I think he's going to have an okay year. All right. Okay. I mean, the thing with quarterbacks is they make you so many points, but they all do usually. So it's it's a chance. It's a big chance. Oh, okay, Tim. But Good we have you. we have like bonus. We have bonuses in our league, right? So if you throw for three hundred yards, you get a bonus. Four hundred yards is a bonus. You get a bonus for completion percentage. You get a bonus for long touchdowns. So if you throw forty yard, a forty yard bonus for like I think. Either 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 touchdowns, you just get more points. So it adds up. Like, okay. Especially if you have like a quarterback wide receiver combo. Say you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and he throws Devontae Adams a 75 yard touchdown. That's a lot of ease. Who does all that math for you? Uh, CBS Sports. They do oh. it you, can just, you can put in the metrics, right? Do you want bonuses? Yes, you get, you get these amount of points for if your touchdowns this long, extra. So. That's cool. How many people play in your league? Ten this year. Usually twelve, but we had ten this year. Okay. You know how, how you play. It thins out real quick. Like once you get in round five, you start looking at your rock like, ah, I need another wide receiver. I need another. So That's right. It'll be fun. It's like it keeps me engaged. I'm not doing nothing. I'm not leaving the house. I might as well have something to do during the week. Over obsessed over my fantasy league. Which mm-hmm. the Kendon's exciting news this week with um doom maybe they're showing doom during the football game on thursday the trailer that That would make sense that would be smart Uh uh-oh but i think they're showing it beforehand Uh i just realized one of my nerd bastions might have might uh be overrun yeah it wouldn't be the first time um that is the thing about football is End of summer is always really difficult, especially if you're a student, you got to go back to school. Football is, that's why football is so great because it's something to be excited about for us who like to tailgate for the college games and, you know, party and enjoy the Sunday games. Um, It's, it's a a distraction maybe like just a fun transition into fall and i'm worried this year that that won't be the same so i am really excited for it to start but yeah i don't know 
Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see how it goes. Kendon, what have what have you been up to? Um so two main things. I find I figured out that we do in fact have HBO Max. Um Congratulations. found that out <laughs> by downloading the app onto my phone. Um That's a good start. <laughs> yeah. Um and then excuse me. Um I was introduced to a welcome surprise, which is a show called Raised by Wolves. Tim, yeah, have you seen no, this yet? No, it's a new show. Okay. So this is a show. Um, definitely, definitely your kind of show, though. It is so far, and hopefully it stays that way, because um, I, I'm not sure if it was created by Ridley Scott. I think it, he's one of the creators. He also, because I read an article either right right when I saw I was like, what is this or whatever. Um, he drew, It says he's directing the first three episodes. Right. They released the first three episodes at the same time. I watched all three of these episodes, but that wording in- implies to me that after those three episodes, I'm gonna, I might start to see inconsistency in the storytelling. That's the one concern that I have because I binged all three of them while sitting on the beach. Um, <laughs> it's a really cool show. Um, in brief, since it's you know just coming out, it's in a world in which. Um, let's say 150 years from now or something like that, there's a massive like civil war on earth between mm-hmm. basically atheists and a Christian stand-in, right? So instead of Christians, they're called Mithraics. And Mithraics, uh, Mithras, the cult of Mithras were these, um, this is a real life uh, group. Uh, they were contemporaries of early Christianity in Rome. Um, they worshiped like a sun god. So mm-hmm. the idea is that you know, flip a coin instead of Christianity being take, um, taking over the Roman Empire. Instead, they went this other direction. Um, for all intents and purposes, uh, for, during the time period of the story we're looking at, it's kind of the same, but I kind of feel like they were like, we don't want to piss off Christians, so we're going to create this kind of um, fictional group to as their stand-in. Anyway, so they're fighting the atheists. The atheists are the other major faction. Um, and the atheists want to are, are losing. They lose, right? That's the premise of this and of the thing. But they're destroyed the Earth. This whole war has destroyed Earth. So they've sent an android or a pair of androids with a bunch of uh, embryos to this planet, and they can go faster because the androids aren't alive in the same way, and the embryos are just embryos. But the Mithraics have sent like a a sleeper ship, like you see in Aliens, with a bunch of people in stasis so i'm not quite sure what the atheist plan is here because it, it's only like a difference of 30 years in the, in how long it'll take to reach there but apparently they're trying to get there and establish a colony first while the mithric ship has like hundreds or thousands of people on it but it really seems to be about um what it is to be human there's a lot of importance in eyes which i, I think we all remember talking about with the Blade Runner movie um, and whether androids have certain types of emotions, you know, mother, fatherly spirit and all yeah. that sort of thing. So and whether they dream of electric sheep, do they? Do they? I want to read you. I want to read you a tweet from someone who has been watching the show. Tell me what you think. Kendon. You ready? Yeah. The tweet says, my name is really Scott. 
and I love only one thing. Filling androids with milky substance. Do not talk to me unless it's about robot milk. Thank you. <laughs> Is that accurate? Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're not as milky as they have been. <laughs> it is a thing that he loves to do. But they're definitely, yeah. Wait, because he, he did Alien. He, he did them. Alien, yeah. You're, you're totally right. Um, his androids are always, they're, they're not mechanical androids ever in the same way. No. Like when one of these gets impaled or something like that, they're squishy. You yeah. know, they're not data from Star Trek. Anyways, uh, I'm trying. You can tell I'm kind of trying to dance around the premise stuff, which it's is fine. Good. I mean, yeah, but I can just look it up. So the other main storyline are are a couple of um, what do you call those stowaways who are not Mithrix but manage to get onto the Mithrix ship, and that's the other uh, interesting thing. So you're gonna you get to see basically from both sides of these two groups once they meet on the planet. That's good. I recommend it. It's it looks incredible. Um, I'm really big fan of the De, uh, Denis Villeneuve movies, right? Who's yeah. doing the new Dune? Mm-hmm. It has a lot of that, and the only good parts of Prometheus, which were some of the the like sweeping uh, landscape shots and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I would highly recommend it mm-hmm. um, so far. And by the end of the season, maybe I can go a little deeper into it. Let's see. And then the other thing I've been watching is uh, Carmen, my sister. And mm-hmm. Julia have been watching Pose. So I came down. I bopped down. They're watching Pose. I recognize Billy Porter now, who is somebody um, who only came onto my radar recently. Tim, you say you've known who he is for a long time. For a while. We went, um, I think his dress last year at, is it the Oscars? The tuxedo dress? Uh, uh, at the Golden Globes. Oh, did he have, or he could have had like a, an amazing red dress somewhere. Um, anyway, that's when I know I was like showing him Kendon pictures of him. Like, this is like gorgeous. I love this so much. Yeah. But he, he, he does. He's very good at style and dressing. I remember he had on these, these clear frames that were so fly. And I was like, man, these joints, of course, obviously way too expensive for me, but mm-hmm. very stylish. And like, I think he has become more of a household name for that first, but you know, American Horror Story, Pose. The Get Down, he's been... But he was in Get Down? He was in The Get Down. Okay. So now maybe I would recognize him from that. Um, So a small piece of backstory. Um, Up until six months ago, um, if you tried to tell or ask me what Touched by an Angel slash Angels in America were, I was not going to be able to tell you the Mm -hmm. difference. Like those two have been in my head like as the same thing. But we watched uh, this Roy Cohn uh, documentary and it brought up angels in america which is actually about uh the like the life of gay uh, men in new york during the aids epidemic so then now i know the difference right so between looking up billy porter because um Shalia and carmen are watching pose and all of this i end up on angels in america because ding 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 it's on hbo max so <laughs> I sat down and watched the first half because it's a mini series, six episodes. Yeah. So the first three comprise part one of the play. It was like released as two plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really good. I mean, it's got a, a ton of, of actors you'd recognize, including Night Owl from the Watchmen movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Patrick Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
it's so far like i growing up hiv was like this big deal in the news and it was one of the reasons why i studied microbiology i wanted to do vaccine research and my life took a different path but this is one of those cases where like it's something that was very scientifically relevant to me but and even i could i i knew that there was a lot of human suffering but since this focuses in for instance one of the main uh characters are are a, a gay couple one of who is is diagnosed at the beginning and then starting to go through symptoms and stuff like like all of that somehow i'd never seen a show that really focuses in on that even if there's a, a character who has it you might see them for a, a like a snapshot of getting worse or you know a couple of times but they're but this is really focusing in on them as a main character and really seeing the way it was ravaging the population, the communities and all of that at the time and how that impacts um, this couple, because this couple, the, the, the non-infected partner is having a, like, like leaves, like can't stay by the, that person's side. Man, it's rough. Right. He might be coming back. I'm not really sure. And then the, there's kind of a supernatural element to the show. Um, the show just kind of, you know, there's angels and ghosts and mind melds or, you know, just people having shared, uh, what do you call it? Like hallucinations or dreams. Like it's, it's, it's not straight, straightforward as far as um, reality, right? Yeah. It bends reality, but it does that in service of, I think, getting certain emotions across, right? So my reaction when I came upstairs the other night and Kenan's watching that, I'm like, oh, you're watching the white people version of Pose because like Pose is all people of color and that is what it's about is like, I mean, literally speeches by Billy Porter about like, we won't exist. We are going to disappear our like, and, and how interesting AIDS in the 80s, um, you know, they, they didn't know what was causing it. They didn't know what where it was going to stop if we were ever going to get a handle on it and i mean well so it's interesting Trey tell us you know he's buried so many of his friends um like just everyone around them is dying and they like they are at a point where i mean he's he's in some of the episodes just talking about like we won't exist um eventually so it's it's it was really interesting because like i love pose i haven't talked about it yet on the show because i was waiting until I was a little bit further in, um, but Pose is amazing, and yeah. I really recommend it, um, but it is people of color, and so it was really interesting that Kendon's version of AIDS in the 80s was, it was like the white people. Um, <laughs> well, because it's six <laughs> episodes long, and so I'll get, I know I'll get through it, right? So I, wa I, I say the interesting part is, and Shalia brought this up, right, is, is that it definitely is the white people's story of it, even though... Uh, Jeffrey Wright is in there um, playing a couple of characters, really, who I feel like would be the Venn diagram crossover with Pose. Um, like, he's a character who would exist in, in both of those communities. Right, and who's, who's in it, but it's not his perspective, right? right? Like, this is not told through his experience. It's told through these white people. Right. So um, what I, I think that this play, this play was super uh successful like a lot of accolades came out was first released in like 1991 right so right after the 80s but it's still kind of the reagan era which this this story really is very reagan era stuff um but 
the main characters are all kind of middle to upper class uh white or jewish like there's those or mormon like there's this guy who came who comes out and he's working for roy Cohn, who we've talked about was a really famous uh powerful like yeah power broker in new york slash he's a white mormon yeah <laughs> like, yes. or mormon yeah like, he's white Patrick wilson right so anyways yeah. So like the the whole idea that this was like a big breakthrough thing, I'm like, yeah, I can see at the time it would be in 1991. This would have been like, this is brave, this is powerful, this is whatever. But the the, the story I think must have been acceptable to to introduce this topic because it was all about a certain strata of white men, right, and what they were going through uh in with regards to their sexuality if this was the story of pose or from what i know of pose or anything like that i don't think it could have been i mean it could clearly have been made in 1991 but i don't think it's going on to broadway and then winning all these awards and because it would make people too uncomfortable fair enough well and does angels in america have trans people because that's another piece that like pose pose introduces is like you go to a gay club and they kick you out if you're trans like they're like you're not welcome here um so not not only is it pose dealing the population that pose is looking at is people of color but also a lot of trans people who are even further isolated from i think probably the the people that are in this other show yeah really interesting i don't know if they if they acknowledge that they exist now uh to be uh just so you know it, it came out the hbo version was created in 2003 so it's another you know decade after whoa that's crazy because you know who's in it tim is um oh uh, what are their names basically you know weeds are the main character mm-hmm. and the one who plays her brother-in-law yeah yeah they're both in it what? they're kind of like main characters in it what so it's like hey Mary something yeah, it's Mary something, but I can't remember. But yeah, they're both in it, which is cool. Um, yeah, and it is, I friends, if you're going to check it out, um, I, I do recommend ch- doing that Roy Cohn uh, documentary because it's kind of interesting to have some kind of background on him and what was going on there. Because uh, I did, I watched a couple of the episodes with him and it, it's good. It's really and it's, good. Um, it's Al Pacino oh. playing Roy Cohn, and he's a little unrecognizable in the makeup and stuff. And he's really good. Now that I've watched that Roy Cohn documentary, I feel like he's really embodying a lot of what I saw from from that historical figure in the documentary. I think um, this is interesting on topic, just because of like where we are now in terms of COVID and medical testing and things like that. Um, you know, we haven't, we have not covered in this show yet a lot about AIDS in the 80s, um, but I think we should at some point. I think one of the things that I've learned recently is things like getting tested will flag you for your insurance, um, just like if you're not sure. So if you think like your husband's stepping out on you or you want to make sure um, that like, y- yeah, just by, just by getting tested and seeing um, your, your insurance is going to like flag you as i don't know a risk or something yeah, like that. there's a great documentary from 2012 called how to survive a plague mm. um and i watched it sif one year that's really eye-opening 
and it's just documentary footage of this really compelling scenes of these meetings that they were having about the epidemic and how there was, you know, bickering is or some infighting. But it's fascinating. This, would that be would that be a good um one for us to watch in preparation for an episode on that? Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. I learned so much just watching that documentary, how they handled the AIDS epidemic at the time. Uh the director was here, we talked to him briefly. He was really well informed and they've been in that fight for a very, very long time. And so honestly, I feel like this would be a real project for us, but to do an episode or two episodes comparing and contrasting Pose and Angels in America would be a really good way to try to, to cover the experience of AIDS in the 80s. And with the backdrop of that documentary, let's do it. Let's plan that. I think I think we should. Um, it's a difficult topic, but it's definitely 80s relevant, right? So and since I watched it all on my phone... Um, we can get it on big screen and I'll start the episodes over with you, Shalia. Yeah, so that's the other part is like, I have been excited to watch Pose with Kendon, but he, I've just been waiting until he's ready. So I'm excited to rewatch it because I think he might be ready soon. And it looks like um, How Survival Plague is available on Sling. Perfect. The streaming. So what devices is HBO Max? Amazon Prime. Going, like how soon is it going to be on Fire Stick? Have you heard anything? <laughs> no, I've heard nothing. Zero. Yeah. I wonder if it's just there's probably just an HDMI to uh, uh, yeah a cable that I can just hook it my phone to. Yeah, or your laptop, right? Like we did um, the awful movie fest, remember? Yeah, but I want something even more convenient. I just want to put my phone up there. Yeah, you don't want to not have your phone on you though. Huh, if you do, that's cool. Um, I'll be paying. I'll be paying better attention to what I'm watching. That's true. Okay, are you guys ready for what I've been doing? Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. I've been up to so much, so I don't want to take too much time. Um, okay. But I've been up to a lot. Okay. So first one that's not very relevant to, like everything else seems kind of tied together. But first one that's like not relevant to anything is Best Man. So one of the things I've been doing lately is um, on my home screen of the fire stick it'll tell me what's playing now <laughs> on stars and so it's been a, like a actual helpful tool because it's like i don't want to pick something i don't really know what to watch i'm kind of working or whatever i don't want to commit and so i go down there and see what's what's on and the best man was on and i haven't seen that movie in a long time yeah. uh so it stars tay diggs um and it's got everybody in it. It's really, it's a, it's a classic. It's so good. Um, but anyway, got to watch it and really enjoyed it. Um, so thank you, Stars, for playing it live. And so I saw it. Um, another one that Stars did was Venom. And so I have now seen Venom with Tom Hardy. What a movie! Like a turd in the wind. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's a ridiculous movie. And what's funny is like Tom Hardy. Has to he has to be so goofy in it like yeah he's, he's it's like physical comedy that he's supposed yeah. to be doing like oh well, I'm getting pulled around and blah, blah, blah. oh it's the lobsters the lobster thing like, what are we doing it's so weird um yeah I mean I liked it but dang that thing <laughs> that was a movie um Tim told me not to watch it yes yeah see I, I now I've got to see it yeah Tim. I mean it's 
it might be playing live on uh, Stars. The uh, it it played. They've been playing Bloodshot um, a lot, and so but this was on. Bloodshot. And I thought I, I I think it's relevant because it's a virus. We're not a virus. A parasite. Is that what they call parasite. it? He's yeah. like, there's something in you, right? Like that's taking over your yeah. body. It's a, it's a symbiotic parasite. Yeah. So the other thing I watched is Parasite. So I've, I've watched 45 minutes of it because I, I had heard like, you're going to think this movie is one thing. Turns out it's not that thing. Yep. Um, and so I'm watching and so far it's all that thing. What, and I, what, part, what part are you at? Um, I don't want to give I don't want to give it away, but uh, Peach, Peach Fuzz. Yeah. Is has just like that that piece has just been. Oh, done. you have no idea what's coming. Exactly. So I was like, it still feels like it's setting up. So I paused it because no. I wasn't sure how scary it was going to be, and I decided to wait till Kendon was with me. <laughs> it doesn't get scary. It's not about an actual parasite. Oh, okay. Okay. It's spoilers. It's not scary. It's a metaphor. Okay. Not scary. Okay. Good. Good. Because I was like. I mean, this, I, I'm really liking it so far. And the funny part is I have to watch because it's, um, it's in Korean. It so takes a turn. It's it, not yeah. a turn. It just takes a turn. Okay. Okay, cool. Wait, wait, you'll, wait. you'll know when you get there. You're going to be like, oh, okay. It's okay. all in Korean? Yeah. yeah. So I have to watch subtitles. So I have to be looking at the screen. So I can't like hide my face. <laughs> so anyway, I've watched 45 minutes-ish of it. That's a great movie. Now Kenan, like waiting for Kenan to get home. Um, and I'll watch the rest, but it's playing on Hulu right now. So yeah, for anyone with Hulu, it's available. Great, it's a great movie. Oh, speaking of things that I will be doing, because I just saw it, it popped up, is uh, 1917. Yeah, it's up there. I want to go and see that. I've been wanting to see that for a while. Sure. Um, and then the other thing, so I'm working my way through the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, but I don't know if I can say cinematic because I'm also watching the TV shows, right? So I'm now fully done with the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I am loving so much. I think I talked about it last week. Um, so now I've seen the first two, or the first two, both Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and my next, what I'm in now, is Daredevil. So I need to watch season one of Daredevil. And then I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season two, and then season one of Jessica Jones before I get to Avengers Age of Ultron is the next movie. So like... There's a lot of content to be so getting Tim, through. Did you realize that we needed to that that was it that the order was Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Two? There was nothing in between them. No, I don't know if that's true. The watch list that she that yeah, watch in order—that's not accurate. What comes in between? Not something. I don't know what comes in between, but it's not. It doesn't go from one to two. Is it something that happens in the past? That's the only way because she's watching in the the like I'm watching chronological right, yeah. order. I'm watching yeah, the timeline. But, but Guardians happens in real time. I guess Peter Quill's abduction as a kid happens in the past, but no, no, no. wait. Guardians I did after. So um, you've got Captain America, Winter Soldier, right, and like Shield crumbling. You've got then Agents of Shield dealing with that. Um, at so like they're that's what they're doing is like surviving rebuilding focusing on like agents of shield falling um or shield falling um and now like from there now we've got guardians happening and then what i've what it had me do is guardians guardians of the galaxy 2 and now i'm back down to daredevil agents of shield and that's gonna like 
all play out before, yeah, before Age of Ultron. So right now, like on Earth, they're dealing with the aftermath of S.H.I.E.L.D. In, falling. In real life, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy was immediately followed by Age of Ultron, then Ant-Man, then Civil War, then Doctor Strange, and then Guardians 2. So, I mean, the it's that's like that's like movie release schedule, but she's watching it in such a way that these I guess these events from those movies could be taking place concurrently because they're in space and we don't really know what when it was. Yeah. So yeah. what I've got I was, is I was surprised to see that that's the way. No, it was there's no like marker. I don't thematically. Like, I, I, it's, yeah. So Daredevil, I'm in. Then I'll be watching Agent Shield, Jessica Jones. Daredevil's great. Um, it is fun, and it's. I have not returned to it. I did not remember that Jessica is their first client. Yeah. Like that's how she gets. Um, her, her name is something. Else. Yeah, but we call her Jessica. Um, yeah, that's how she gets pulled in. I did not remember that she's their client. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it, Avengers: Age of Ultron is the next movie. Then it will be Ant Man, and then Civil War. But there is a lot of television for me to be watching in the meantime so i'm kind of excited about it because like similar to agents of shield i think that the like daredevil jessica jones luke cage are going to be an interesting supplement to the movies and what's going on so um yeah it's really really fun i like it so you know the fun thing about watching agents of shield um, it's something I didn't really ever think about until I sat and watched a few episodes with her. Is yeah. like in the movies, we're like, there's all these superheroes going around. It's like, okay, so this is a, you know, all these major sources of superpowers or whatever. But Agents of Shield are running around on the ground level, and it's kind of making me realize that the world is kind of, for lack of a better term, magical at like the ground level too. Like there's smaller weird things going on that you know kind of feed into the idea that the whole world is kind of weird as yep. opposed to just um a few weird things that have happened you know iron man's kind of weird thor comes from another planet um captain america is a science experiment but it, it kind of just broadens out the idea that this is a very comic book world and i just like how they get to tie up the loose ends um that the movies skip over because like it would be boring for you to have like segments in the movie about that i mean they they reference them anyway sometimes but like here we can have a whole you know regular um episodic adventure of like what's happening on the ground which i think is really fun and that's why daredevil is i'm excited about because it tells kitchen so it's you know it's it's in the aftermath of the shatari attack at in new york um and so yeah it's exciting i'm excited um so the other thing that i did i've done final thing that i did was um after our episode last week i did a little bit more research because i was curious about um like chinese lore and whether the um topics from big trouble in little china had had any history to them and so i did a little googling and one of my favorite things to look at is like the 10 things you didn't know so on bulletproofaction.com, they have a list of a 10 things you didn't know about Big Trouble in Little China list. It's actually really good, and I wish I had read it before our episode because I would have wanted to talk about some of this. But the thing that I wanted to mention for sure is the three storms. Do you know where they came from, Tim? No. 
Lone Wolf and Cub. Baby Cart at the River Sticks. Do you remember? Do you remember what that is? Mm-mm. Lone Wolf and Cub. It was. It was. Do you remember um, a Japanese movie clip that I had you? Oh, watch? that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, movie with the baby. Yeah. yeah, the baby who needed her breast milk. Yeah, that's where they got the three stars from. That unbelievable. Pretty great. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. Wow. Seems accurate to me. I did not wow. fact check, but I think it's we so also funny. did not watch that entire movie. Right, <laughs> just that beginning opening clip with all the craziness. It's true. Okay. So that's what I've been doing. You All guys right. ready to? I'm ready. All right. You have 30 days in which to spend 30 million bucks. If you can do it, you get 300 million. But if you fail, you don't get deadly. Richard Pryor and John Candy. It's like that old saying, you know, if I more money, I'd be a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. Brewster's Millions. Brewster's Millions, starring Richard Pryor. And John Candy. Okay, Did not know he's in it. He's in it. Before we get to who's in this movie, who got it done, why did you pick this movie? I picked this movie because of our trivia last week. So okay. last week we had the question about who played Brewster in Brewster's Millions, and it was Richard Pryor. And I didn't know what it was about. I learned that it was about a baseball player, so I thought, oh, that's appropriate for right now because we've got baseball going on. And... Had never seen it, heard it was good. So that's why I picked it. Yeah. And funny premise. It, it is. Yeah. So, Brilliant stars Richard Pryor, John Candy, Lynette McKee, Stephen Collins, Jerry Orbach, who plays his coach, <laughs> Pat Hingle, Ukraine um, Cronin, and directed by Walter Hill, who also directed 48 Hours. Another 48 Hours, he directed um, The Warriors, which is a crazy movie. I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Warriors. No. I want to do The Warriors. That's a 70s movie, right? 70s movie, yeah. In fact, I want to do it soon. That'll be my next choice because I've always wanted to see it. Uh, and Red Heat, which is a great 80s movie. So, Shalia, do you want to tell us what this movie is about? I do, but I had, I had a plan and I can't find it anymore. So what I was going to, I was going to read the beginner where it's like, there's the, when you're watching it, it tells you what it's about. (laughs) Pretty straightforward. Um, But I won't read that because I don't have it up. Uh, So Brewster's Millions is about a guy named Brewster. Um, What's his first name? Montgomery Brewster? Mm -hmm. Uh, which is like perfect. Like that, that sounds like a rich person name, but he is not rich. rich. Yeah, he is not rich. He is a pitcher. He's a relief pitcher in minor league baseball. And he's played in lots of different teams. It sounds like he actually made it to the pros for like a hot second, but he still thinks he has his chance. And so he's playing and there's a guy who's been following him, taking pictures of him. So he thinks like, Oh, it's a scout. And the guy, he gets in jail, he gets arrested with John Candy, and this guy bails him out, and they're like, okay, I'm going to go play for the Yankees. They're, they're, they're based in Hackensack, New Jersey, and they get taken to New York City. Um, get up there, it turns out it's a law firm, it's not the Yankees, instead it's some lawyers who are um, the, law- the law firm that represented his uncle, his great uncle, 
I think. Yeah. Um, long lost relative where it turns out he is the sole heir to a fortune. So this guy is a white guy, uh, which I think was funny there. He's like, what, you didn't know that your great grandpa was a honky? Yeah. Or something like that? <laughs> the first thing he says to him. Um, and he had been like cut off from the family or excommunicated or something, had gone out to the West Coast and then became the richest man in America and outlived everybody else. Yeah. So Brewster is the only living heir and he's set to inherit $300 million um, but the uncle had checked out on him and realized that he's kind of a loser. <laughs> and so he's not, he wants to like make him responsible first. So the way I, he's going to do this, you disagree? I disagree that he was a loser. I guess that's part of what we need to talk about. once we. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying that I think he's a loser. I'm saying that, that I'm pretty sure that's the word his uncle uses to describe yeah, yeah. him. So he sets up a, um, a training for him basically to say, I'm going to, I'm going to make you spend money, a, a set amount of money so that you find it to be more of a chore than something fun. And you'll learn to spend money wisely um, after that, basically. And, and so he, it's like the typical like example of, I made him drink all of the beer or in this example is I had, he had to smoke all of the cigars. Um, so the, the setup is $30 million. He has to spend it in 30 days. He can't have any assets or anything left over. So he can't invest it or buy art or anything that he's going to own at the end of these 30 days. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't spend it all, he doesn't get anything. Uh, but if he does spend it all, then he gets 300 million. And there's a, a, a wimp wimp cause clause where he could just like bow out altogether and be like, I'm not playing and walk away with a million dollars. So that's the options. Um, the law firm folks have incentive for him not to succeed because if he doesn't, the money goes to the law firm, which I think is hilarious that yeah. like, I'm going to put in this clause instead of being like, it goes to charity. It's just going to go to lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> that, million dollars that's not disclosed lawyers. to him at the beginning, right? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, so. That's a massive conflict of interest. Yeah, that's a pretty big conflict massive. of interest. And that, comes up, that comes up later in the film. Yep. Uh, so there's two lawyers and then there's the like the trustee, I guess, of the estate. And he's not against him. He's like, oh, I think he, like it's, it's going to be tough, but like we'll see if he can do it. So he gets told the rules. He's also told he can't tell anybody what the rules are. So he decides to go with it and try it out. And warns his friends, I'm going to be acting crazy. <laughs> yeah. Just trust me. I know, I'm, I know it's going to be crazy, but this is what I'm going to do. And then he starts spending money. And the movie, they assigned an accountant, Ms. Drake, uh, to go through all of his receipts and keep an accounting of what he's spending. Yeah. And so she's following him around and judging him for throwing all this money away and being... But he's immediately like, spending money. Like, the moment he gets it, he hires a guard. Oh no! Even before that, the the <laughs> guy who did the background check, yeah. um, he's like, "Are you hired by them, or what's your job?" And he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna make you my professional photographer." Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure though. Like, I'm like, "You're paying for his services, but then you're getting these photographs. Are yeah. those things that are assets later? I don't know. Um, yeah. I guess not. But he can pay for services. He can he can gamble five percent, and mm -hmm. he can give five percent to charity. So he can't just give it all away." But he can hire people, and that's where he's spending most of his yeah. money is like yeah, security guard, 
um, driver. Limo driver. And it's just anybody he runs into. He's like, yeah. come on. And like, just anybody. Like, Here, let's go get. Like, yeah. Hey, everybody, let's just go get some something to eat and just like buy it for everybody. You know that old family guy joke where he, ha- he gets his own um, theme, theme <laughs> music behind him at yeah. all times? He should have done that. <laughs> somebody like a band or a, yeah, yeah somebody to play music for him question for tim yeah tim did you recognize the actress who played drake no from we, something in the last month that we covered i do not well she is she plays um malcolm x's mother she does yeah, yeah. so um drake has a fiance who's played by uh steven something Collins, Stephen Collins, is that his name? Yeah. Who I don't know what happened with his pedophile child molestation oh, charges. Yeah. Yeah. But the the dad from Seventh Heaven. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. he just he never seems safe to me. I will I tell you. I forgot about that. Wow. Mm-hmm. He did have those. Mm-hmm. But it's not he's not a great guy in this movie. He's I mean, he's fine. He's whatever. But he's the fiance. He also gets hired to decorate the office. And with his ex-wife and then the lawyers, because he works at the same law firm, say that he'll be made a named partner if he can basically trick Brewster into thinking that all of the money has been spent, but that actually some hasn't, which mm-hmm. he does. And he's successful in that. Um, and so basically <clears throat> the movie is Brewster spending as much money as he can and having a hard time doing it and mm-hmm. as he spends it he also makes it money yep and he finally figures out the best way to throw away a whole bunch of money is to run for office and spend it on campaigning in an election um so he gets through most of his money by running for mayor but not wanting anyone to vote for him just saying vote for none of the above because the right. two guys running for mayor are both wharf rats is what he called right. them and then he had to settle for <laughs> settle with them because they sue him so he got to give them some money um anyway ridiculous movie he um also spends some of the money in getting a exhibition game for his minor league team against the yankees which is exciting and so there is a little bit of baseball in there um the coach is played by our one of our favorites right dirty dancing yeah. dad law and order Jerry Orbach. I, yeah, him. My spirits lifted a little bit when I saw him. Yeah, it was yeah. good. It was like that guy. Yeah, me too. So that's the movie. And it's ridiculous. It is It is a I, ridiculous movie. Even though you know why he's spending the money, it, it really messed with my anxiety watching him just blow the money like that. It really messed with me. I was like, why is he spending? Like, why are you spending money that way? And so even though I knew he had to do it to get the $300 million, I was still like, man, it, you can't just be paying for everything all the time in such a frivolous manner. Like, he just didn't care. Well, I had that reaction too, but also because I was having a hard time doing the math along with him, where yeah, he's like, right. hey, to- okay, I'm going to pay you $1,000 a week, and I'm going to do this and this and this. And I'm like, is this adding up? Like, is he going to blow through it? Basically, yeah. they said you need to be able to spend a million a day. What, what um, would you do? What would you do to spend thirty million in a month? So that's the other hard part is like you can only give so much of it away. Because I would definitely sit down and be like, all right, what's five percent? Yeah. Because that's going that like if Me. I can. So you get yeah. that five percent gambling, 
charity out the way. Mm -hmm. And what what I was kind of confused about. Well, one of the questions that I had was like, why did he have to run for mayor? Because like, couldn't he have just like put somebody else up? Um, But I don't know if that's then considered charity. I mean, it's not charity. You can't like get tax breaks for putting money towards elections. But I was like, I would definitely put it towards like an election if you don't i mean that seemed like a really good way to co- burn money burn money <laughs> <laughs> i just say it just donate to some third party guy hey here's 20 mil mm-hmm. oh but you said donate so then it's, it's oh you can't five percent yeah that's what i wasn't sure like they said like five percent to charity but i was like can i donate it to other stuff that's not charity so that was my so that's what I was yeah say. that's a good point um, so say I had, I I had to do this and I wanted to build a wing at the health sciences building. Like, does that wing make you, does it make you money? No, no. <laughs> You're going to lose money. <laughs> the point, or like an endowment for like one of the schools uh, yeah. or something like that. Is that um, a an endowment would be donation? A, huh? Yeah. I don't know if it counts as a donation, but that would be an easy way to do it. Because analogously, I think you could easily spend $30 million very quickly building up the stadium that his team is in, right? Yeah, you know, I'm surprised he didn't do that. But the question is, would how do you do that without it being either an asset because you're yeah. paying for it or a do- donation? Yeah. Right? Because I think that's the, the – maybe it's too obvious a thing to do. that. Uh, but, yeah, build up the stadium. Build up what you love. I mean, so I, that's where I would try to go with it. Is be just like pour it into a teaching, like a at the university, just because this is what I would be interested in. Is like build a whole teaching area or, or uh, a set of labs, or but all the things that I can think of would could potentially be thought of as donations, if not tax write offs or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like can you pay for things to be made that you don't then own? So like movies, it would be really cool to like give or pay for some movies to be made, but not have any share of the profits. Right. Like you can do that. I feel like you can do that. So yeah, make that kind of stuff. The iceberg thing was funny because I thought he was just like, yeah, here's a hundred thousand. But I was like, why didn't you give him a million? Like just give a million to like 30 projects that you think are interesting and be done with it but turns out he was investing it instead of just giving them the money like funding it which is where can we talk about I was this confused. iceberg thing <laughs> yes. real quick let's talk Tim, about the do iceberg do you see a problem with the iceberg <laughs> project i did did i miss something an obvious an obvious very mm-hmm. obvious problem what was your what was your problem with it um i'm almost okay I'm going to say I'm 99.9999% sure that any of these icebergs that he's talking about are saltwater. And so he's going to push a big block of saltwater to the Middle East, which has access to saltwater all around it, right? The problem with saltwater is getting the salt out is a very energy-intensive process. So you're just going to push more saltwater to the Middle East? like. <laughs> yeah. He needed to get he needed to get an iceberg over from uh, not not an iceberg he needed to get a glacier yeah <laughs> like already. a land glacier. The, the crazy part is how much baseballs in this film. So he has this thing of wanting to play against the Yankees. So he arranges for his small minor league team to play the New York Yankees. 
he keeps saying he can get three innings, he can get everybody out, and he's, he's a great pitcher. But he's very old to be in the minor leagues. His whole minor league team looks super old. Yeah, I meant to ask about that. Like, he's like 45. Oh, yeah. Not all of the team. There's one of them who's young, like 26. Now, I did look it up. The oldest player to play in, I think, the majors was almost 60 when he retired. Wow. Well, I was trying to find, like, but the oldest now, I think, is maybe in his 40s. I feel like baseball is one of those where you can play play. later. But still, if you're going to make it, you're going to make it sooner than that. Yeah. So they end up playing the Yankees, and he kind of gets shelled. Like he gives up a grand slam, he lasts a couple innings, uh, he looks defeated. You know what this is, though? Huh? You know, you know what this this reminds me of is is that episode of Atlanta? Yeah, when he wants to tries races <laughs> Michael Vick. It's like it's the New York Yankees. <laughs> She's like, I. What's so great about that scene is you never see the race. Right. He's sitting in the car afterward, and she, all Zazie says is. But it's Michael Vick, though. Like, come on, what are you doing? Well, she's looking out the window with a look of disgust. <laughs> yeah. And then turns around and says... <laughs> um, yeah, well, and, and, and that's when he announces his retirement, which yeah. makes sense. The, the thing that I thought was... How amazing is that for him? But he's supposed yeah. to be a relief pitcher. So why is yeah. he the one pitching these three innings? I don't because know. He's the one who made all the money and put the whole thing together. But real quick, it reminded me of that show, Joe's versus Pros. Do you guys remember that? Mm-mm. Oh, have like retired players play like regular everyday people, and these guys are still very good at sports, despite that it's Dominique Wilkins, like <laughs> dunk. He can still play. Like so, you would see these these guys think they could go up against these players. Uh, and there was a clip last year that surfaced. This guy he played D- Division two basketball and was kind of talking shit about a WNBA player. So she came and hooped him and gave him buckets. <laughs> professional basketball player there's uh fadeaways uh, up and unders pull-ups nothing he could do she, she does this for a living she's good at her at a job there's an ex seahawks player in our extended friends group yeah and he's stayed in shape so i don't know paul not all football players he stayed in shape and i'm just and i look and i'm like yeah i don't think i can beat you at any physical sport. Yeah. like there's you're you there's something that you carry forward if you've been doing that like your whole life yeah. Your body has built like a certain way, and I'm just yeah. like, yeah, you're right. You're your average regular guy who watches football games and bitches yeah. about the players. Why didn't he just? Yeah, you're like for me, being like he's not trying. And you're like, well, he clearly, if he could do it, he would have done it. This is one of the people who, if he can do it, they're gonna do it. So I had I had a a new appreciation for NBA players. So I was with Chris, who's been on the show for our Scarface episode. Him and his wonderful wife, Jovan, were like, hey, he calls me one day. He's like, hey, do you want to go to Canada to watch this NBA game? It was a preseason game. It was the Raptors and, and the Golden State Warriors. So we go up to, we go up to Vancouver, um, and we were right behind the Raptors bench. So we could see everything. It's the closest I'd ever been in an NBA game. And I was amazed at how tall everybody was, how fast everybody was. And Washington State's very own Clay Thompson, right? I'm watching him play. And he would get the ball, and someone would close out on defense. And I would be like, oh, there's no way he shoots that because that guy's so close to him. Nope. Pull up. Nothing but net. Like, like, he didn't see the defender. It was so insane to me. And I was like, oh, these guys are on another level of athleticism and focus. Because there's no way I'm shooting that ball. I'm like, oh, pass, get out of my hands. But he's just 
another six, seven guy running at him full speed with his hands up. And he just pulls up, shoots. Like the guy's not even standing there and he hits it, nothing but net. Like he and he did it consistently. He consistently did this during the game. It was nuts. I was like, these guys are freakish athletes. This there is, is there's a natural thing, I think, when everybody's around the same baseline to be like, like if you do pickup games of basketball and everybody's kind of around the same, yeah. um, and then you assume that it's the same thing when you look at them on, on TV, but you're like, no, no, every one of these guys is incredible. They're just all with a bunch of other people who are incredible. So you just think that they're all kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. Coming full circle to Michael Vick, back before the Seahawks were the Seahawks, me and my friend bought tickets the week of to see the Falcons play the Seahawks. Week of, we bought. Imagine that right now. Week of, we were like, hey, let's go see the Atlanta Falcons play the Seahawks. We bought tickets, 100 level, that weren't even that expensive. But Michael Vick was so much faster than everybody else on the field. He was so much. It was, it was like watching a video game. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, this is why these guys hate chasing around the field all the time. He looked like a step and a half faster than everybody else. So I would never race him. <laughs> he looks so fast. Like, I remember the, our takeaway was like, man, he's fast. Like, yeah, but Tim, what if he's tired because he's been racing people all night? Yeah, right. I think you have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> so silly. So silly. Um, anyway, yeah, but yeah, it, it was interesting to see Brewster take that chance to pitch. Because I remember the first pitch, they're like, well, that's breaking ball. Like, no, that's his fastball, right? So he's <laughs> pitching at the same speed. That's pretty great. But now, that means he must have at one point had one that was fast enough. At least fast enough for the minors. When I thought he played in the majors for a couple. He did for a second. For or a second. that's what they mentioned, but. Uh, okay, so, but my question then is going to money, going back to spending the money. Money, money. Um, Yankees don't just straight up show up and play, right? right. He had to pay everybody on that team yeah. in order to pay those, play those three innings. Right. And I was thinking about today, Kendon did like a search and it's like for each like average player, Jesus. it's like a hundred something thousand per yeah. game that they're being played, paid. And my guess is, like, an exhibition game, you're paying more than that to each of them. You might, but it's one-third oh, of the length. Yes, it is, but it's also an extra game that, like, could hurt your body. You're putting in, like, the ability to, like, maybe you break your ankle and then you can't, yeah. whatever. It's close to a mil, easy, probably. Yeah, yeah, but I was, like, yeah, because you have to pay them. So you've got to pay them at least 100000 if not more, per person, I think. Didn't anyway, I'm just saying, like, this was an easy way to pay them all a million and get through your million is what I'm pointing out. Like, so you said your best this was another bet, place where you could have spent the money. So your best bet is to overpay the Yankees to come play the game. You're paying them. Just knowing that you're going to have to pay the Yankees. Yeah. I think that's somewhere where he probably spends a lot of money. So, I mean, so what? how do you count something as a donation? At some point, if you're like paying somebody so high over, I mean, I guess he's paying the security guard yeah. like an order of magnitude more money than that guy would be making. Right. Just giving away a million dollars to each one of the Yankees, which already, think of that sentence. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying just give it away. My point is, I really, at least maybe it's football players. Like, I feel like there are players who get close to a million dollars per game I don't for showing so. up. Probably football players. A million dollars to show, what, like Tom Brady? Yeah, I mean, if you've got like Deshaun Watson deals four years, whatever, million, and it's a 16 game season. 
So right now it's a, it's a, about a hundred, the Yankees per game salary is about a hundred thousand dollars in 2020 <laughs> money. Right. So the first point I was making is inflation going back 35, uh, going back 35 years, then it's one third of the length of a normal game. Right. I don't and think that matters. I do think that matters because I believe what you're basically paying somebody for is the amount of wear you put on your body and the mm -hmm. amount of risk. And so it's okay. three times less the risk, three times less okay. the um, If you were going to make me show up, I would make you pay the same amount if I'm paying three innings or nine. Okay, so, so Deshaun Watson is getting paid four years, $39 million. Okay? Mm -hmm. So what is 39 divided by four? It's like nine something. Nine million. Okay. Uh, Wait, why did you divide it by four? Years. Years. Oh, yeah. 16 divided by 9.75. So he's making seven hundred and. $17,000 a game. What sport is this? Football. Football. Quarterback. So it's not. So in the one game, you wouldn't spend 30 million. But I'm just, that was a point where I'm like, that is a big chunk of what you're probably, I, I think. You can really, I, I, I don't think the, that the math makes it that high, even if you juice the numbers. But it's a quicker way to get rid of some of this money. So there's not 20,000 extra dollars sitting around that you don't know about. Like, yeah. quick way to unload the cash. So if 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 you're Brewster and you get to three hundred million, what are you doing with it? What would you do right now if you got three hundred million dollars? Someone shows up house and says, "Seriously, what are you doing with it? I have already to have a plan. I talked about this last night. I have a plan. But you I have a plan. Oh, what's your plan? Contact one of my closest friends who loves to travel. We're going somewhere. This is the U.S. citizens for two weeks." And I just want to unwind and plan out my life. I want to unwind for a week and do nothing. I want to plan out the rest of what I'm going to do. I'll spend a week planning out what I want to do. I know I can't do that here. I just want to get out, have my bread, chill, think about it. I might be a month. I might be gone for a month. I can see being in Greece for like a month, figuring out what I want to do the rest of my life. That's smart. That's smart to get out. And like, it is kind of no, no, no. I was gonna say, I have two words for you. What space tourism? No, hell no. <laughs> no, I would probably, that's I would, what I would do. I would obviously give my friends, you two very much included, and family some money. My sister, for sure. You know, my bio mom would be that. That's the tough one. It's a tough one. She would look at me like an endless well of money, and I couldn't have that. Um, Maybe you would have to give her thirty million to spend in thirty days. Nope. And teach no, her to hate million. it. She'll spend thirty million in three days. Um, <laughs> but I would, I would obviously some charities I'd want to give to some organizations I know. But I would try to like help people pay the rent. I'd be doing kind of stuff like that, especially. We would, we would have a. We'd probably have two more houses. I can guarantee you, one of them would be somewhere like, like Alpine, Nordic, Iceland, yeah. something like that. And another one, I don't know, Tahiti, Hawaii, somewhere nice. like that. Yeah, you buy a nice little place in Hawaii, a nice little villa. And then I'd start a big education fund or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or pay for a wing at the University of Washington yeah. or endowment or something like that. Yeah. And play a lot of video games. I mean, it's a nice problem to have. 
Yeah. I think so. I think I, it's interesting. My first reaction is pay off our house, pay off my student <laughs> loans. <laughs> like my first thought is like, oh, let me get rid of all of this debt. Like, get that's my like student a rounding loans error when you yeah. talk about three hundred. I know, but that's like before I even before I even like. He's like, get take me that trip. Of debt first, and then let's go. Yeah, before I take that trip, I'm like, think my very first thing is like. So, what do you think Brewster does with his money? What does he do with? Buys the Yankees? I don't know how much the Yankees cost at that time. Steinbrenner wasn't selling them because they're such. They're they've always been a very high value franchise. I don't know how much that costs. Like you can't put a number on it. Every well, year, you look at, at franchises that are worth the most. It's the Yankees. It's the Knicks. It's the Lakers, it's the Dodgers every year. Who are the two? Suck. <laughs> They're still. Up he there. seemed he he cared about the teams, but he seemed to care more about the players. So I would think he yeah. would be more into like scouting and finding talent and getting a scouting support. Agent or a, a talent agency. I could see that getting support to like get them into the big leagues. But Ken is um, right. Three hundred million, you could buy a team. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, what are the the two teams under the Yankees in New York in the New York area? The Nets, the Mets, the Mets. Is there another one too? In the area, no, it's just the Mets. I mean, in the eighties, were the Dodgers still there, or were they gone already? The Dodgers are there. No, the Dodgers are gone. They're in L.A. When did the Dodgers leave? The sixties. Okay, so I had this. I had a couple of track jackets. I got back in in college and one of them was the brooklyn dodgers and i just liked the colors it was cool colors i brought it and like i kept getting these comments about oh yeah back when they were in brooklyn and i was like i had no idea like no conception of when they actually were because it seems almost like they weren't longer than they were yeah like why is it so famous them as the brooklyn dodgers jackie robinson but any like they were pretty big is that jackie robinson's team what? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. But 80, so eighty-five, you could probably buy the Cleveland Indians. They were bad. The Rangers, <laughs> and change their name, and you could change their name. Yeah. yeah. The Rangers, Pittsburgh Pirates won fifty-seven games that year. Um, the Mets were good. The Expos were good. The Royals were in the World Series that year. The Blue Jays were good. Eighty-five, you could probably. The Dodgers were good. You could probably buy one of those teams, or at least they might be up for sale. But you'll never buy in the Cubs. You'll never buy in the San Francisco Giants. Atlanta Braves, maybe. Weren't the Cubs, like, aren't they known for losing, like, all the time? Maybe until very recently? But why wouldn't they be for sale? They would never be for sale. Why would they not if they lose? They're another one of the franchises that still makes money despite them not being good. Is it because – of Chicago, yeah. the Chicago. Yeah, it's it's just generations of fans. So the White Sox wouldn't be for sale, right? White Sox would be for sale before the Cubs. Which one's Chicago? Both of them are Chicago. The Red Sox. It's like what? I'm so Boston. bored. <laughs> Boston Red Sox. There we go. So I do think he would probably keep some of the people he hired. Because did he tell them that they were only hired for a month, or did some of them? Like, the guy who he hired to decorate needed 30 days off. But, like, the driver, the security. At the end, somebody was talking about him needing to pay pensions or Mm -hmm. not not pensions, but some sort of benefits. Benefits. And I was like, what are your retirement benefits after a month? 
you get some, yeah, you do get some after a month. Right. But, but yeah, so one of the, I do think he probably keeps some, some of them on, um, I hope, but not everybody. Cause he's like, he's just like throwing the money. But that was one of the things I was like, do they know that their job is only for 30 days and, yeah. and then does All he right. hire them for long-term after that? Actually, doesn't go through those contracts. Say, speaking of throwing money though, real quick. Um, does going to a strip club every day and throwing money all over the floor count? It's a lot a of money. No, it's not a donation. It's You're a lot of money. Service. Oh, actually, I don't want to bore you, but I have a question. Okay. We'll see if you can guess. What are the top five most valued sports franchises? Currently? Currently. Wait, yeah. worldwide? U.S.? Yeah, worldwide. Start thinking soccer. Who do you think they are? Um, top five franchises. So we're not talking NFL. We're talking teams. All of, yeah, NFL, soccer, Major League Baseball, all of them. Because I know NFL is big. Okay. Um, I will tell you this: an NFL team is number one. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, so we're talking about teams. Because, yeah. like, like I just remember, like, an antitrust, like, learning, like, the NFL logo is worth, like a lot but the logo that's most makes most money is caterpillar um okay so an nfl team i don't know i'm i'm bad at this what (laughs) just tell us at number one dallas cowboys oh it's gonna be my guess (laughs) how much do you think they're worth no idea that according to forbes 2.4 billion dollars not close not close in which direction no you're you're under yeah Five billion. I'll run through this really quick. The Yankees are four point six billion at number two. Real Madrid is our first soccer team at four point two four. Barcelona's four point two billion. The New York Knicks, who have been a terrible franchise for decades, are number five. Wow. Four billion dollars. The Knicks, not the Lakers. Is Manchester the Knicks the worth Knicks. a lot? Uh, Manchester's on this list. The second, the second soccer team is Manchester United. They're six with three point eight billion. Uh, I would have guessed them before I because I don't know soccer that well. Before I guessed any Spanish teams. Yeah, there it, it's the Lakers coming at eight. Uh, see the Washington football team. They're fourteen. The Cubs are fourteen. It's nuts. Where are the Seahawks? Uh, they're not. They're not. They're deep on this list. Yeah. Yeah. Sounders are owned by some fun people. Seahawks are thirty-one, and they're how much do the Seahawks worth? The number thirty-one. How much do they worth? Uh, based off of what we were just going at, I'm gonna go with one point four billion again. <laughs> Two point five billion. That's wow. cool. That's pretty cool. So, so yeah. So you know, franchises like that. He could have bought one. He could have really bought a franchise. So I want to figure so this out later. We don't have to go sports, But go there's other it. stuff too. Like he could have bought movie, right? Like I was thinking movies, make yeah. movies. He could have yeah. gone into like music business. Like Brad Pitt makes a lot of money on his plan B. But Tim, yeah, do you have exactly. an idea what is the lowest that an NFL team could be worth? The lowest? Yeah, because we think there's a, there's a floor. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I just wonder what team it is. Like, I, yeah, I just wonder what team it would be. What team would be worth? Yeah, you're worth it. My guess is it's the Texans. <laughs> no, worst, I'm just what's the, I love worst, the Texans. 
So the NFL. So what has a like a weak media market? I would I would guess is yes. Yeah. Well, he, that's funny you say that because it used to be an, an NBA team uh, called the St. Louis Spirits, and they used to. Um, it was like an NBA, NBA, NBA. You guys know there was an ABA team, or NBA league. Mm-mm. So the ABA team, uh, there's a merger, ABA NBA merger in 1975 to 76, right? So, so Spirit of St. Louis is like, we'll merge, but we want, in perpetuity, we want a, 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 a cut of this TV right deal, right? But there were no real TV rights in 75, 76. It wasn't worth anything. Fast forward, Bird and Magic come in the league. At that time, the NBA finals were on tape delay. So fast forward 10 years, Bird and Magic are in the league, TV ratings boost. Then comes a guy we all know as Michael Jordan. TV rating for NBA skyrocket. Then we get Cable Network, ESPN, all those other pieces come in, right? So the Spirits of St. Louis are still getting a check every year of TV revenue. So every team gets it. So we get a, so uh, ABC had, wants to buy the rights to show NBA games. So they throw the owners a lump sum of money and they split it amongst 32 teams. But there was a 33rd team that didn't have any overhead, just getting a check every year. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so Stern, before he passed away, Stern said his biggest regret was never getting them. They kept trying to buy him out. And they were like, no, we're good. We're just going to keep cashing out. We're fine. And then finally they got him. They bought him out a couple years ago. But they, they were making money since 75, 76 on the league. Not having a team, just getting a check. Smart. So, Tim, smart business, man. My guess is that you're gonna be like, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense." But just take two guesses in the at the least valuable one, NFL. What, NFL teams? Yeah, because I think it makes sense to me, but I don't know football. So, Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars. No. Uh, Arizona Cardinals. Nope. It's the. Buffalo Bills. Oh, wow. I was gonna guess the that Bills. Makes... At one point nine billion. Oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I was change. like, who else has yeah. been on hard knocks recently? <laughs> Couch cushion change. <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Wow. Bills Mafia. Okay. These fans are crazy. Those old fans you see that are flipping off a table before a game and doing wild stuff. Before games? Because <laughs> I hear what it's Philly Philly and Boston have terrible fans, but after they win? Yeah. The, the the but Bills Mafia does the crazy. If you ever if you just go to YouTube and look up Bills Mafia, you'll see the craziest pregame antics in the parking lot. People doing the wildest stuff. There's nothing to do. I imagine there's nothing to do in Buffalo. So <laughs> what you got to do? It's true. It's cold there for sure. Okay, uh, going back to the movie. Fun the movie. Fact, fun fact. So Drake. I didn't really like Drake. It didn't really make sense that he's like. I didn't really like Richard Pryor. I didn't like Brewster. He was honestly. there trying to take another man's like fiance in front of her the entire time. And there's like me. nothing about her that he knew. Like he there's no anything. reason to like love her. Yeah, he told her he loved her. And like from the very beginning, he was like hitting on her. Like, stop it. You're fucking gross. Like, go Wait, away. He was aggressively hitting on her. Yeah. And then Kendon. Go. Kind of not as rewind because I missed it. So Marilyn, the decorator, the ex-wife of the fiance, yeah. when he walks up, she's on the ladder and he pokes her in the butt. Yeah. He's gross. Even, I don't like even him. at the beginning when him and John Candy get locked up, they're like aggressively hitting on women at a bar. True. But those women weren't aggressively trying to get away either. No. <laughs> they were they were they it was it was, it was it was it was some real crazy fratty behavior. 
yeah, I did not like that. Um, but, but the fun fact I was going to say is that that character, they had originally expected to have guess who play her. Jamie Lee Curtis. Hmm? Jamie Lee Curtis. No. Think of somebody who's been in a movie that we've done recently. I don't know. Wait, playing Marilyn? No, playing Drake. Oh. I don't know. Who to play Drake? What a feeling. Jennifer Beals. Oh. Yeah, so there was a certain something going on here. I feel like there was kind of a weird race. Well, I don't know if it's even that weird. Race slash colorism aspect to it. Slash uh, class. Because basically, he comes into a bunch of money and immediately wants the first, like, well-bred, light-skinned chick that he can get his hands on. Like, that's what it it comes across in the movie. That's really interesting. And the woman who he had up in his room was darker, right? Yeah, there's that. Uh, And the woman he was hitting on in the bar was... I don't remember. She's kind of light, but not... I mean, she was definitely darker than the girl who played Drake. That's interesting. It was obvious... To me, when you look at the whole group, it's like, okay, there's a black woman in here, so that's clearly going to be the love interest, right? Like, it, it was gross. It was gross. I didn't like it. Yeah. No, sir, I don't like it. No, sir, I don't like it. And it makes sense that she's giving him a hard time. Like, I'm your accountant and you're being ridiculous yeah. and I don't really like you. But it also made it unfun. Like, it was unpleasant yeah. to experience. It was unpleasant. That's a really good, yeah. you know. What well, made her um, naggy? Flirting and trying to be with somebody isn't unpleasant, but it's something about the whole vibe felt off. And like, yeah. you're about to be a 300. So do you think they end up together? I hope not. I never got the sense that she had feelings for him the same way. Yeah. I mean, I think that they could have maybe, like, once he's being normal. But I don't know what his normal is. <laughs> no, like, they didn't establish that. He's normal at the beginning. He's the he's bar. A, yeah, he's. The minor league baseball I mean, player, I don't right? know how, but now with money, like, I don't know how he's going to spend it. It seems like he's going to probably do what she wants him to do in ways. So, you know, maybe... one thing I really appreciated about this film was what? like little quotes would show up on the screen. I that, was, that was weird. Touch. I was like, oh, it's giving you, it's kind of like a break a yeah. from seeing the scene. It was, it was a great transition. Seems I like... liked it too, but Kenan, yeah, Kenan was like, why do they keep having these? Because <laughs> like, I was okay. like, it felt like they, they, were, they were commenting, how do I say? The plot, like I just saw that. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like um, last time on. <laughs> yeah, like that. Pretty much. We just saw that. I liked. I liked that. I liked the newspapers and like the press and like yeah. following along because it makes it like, yeah, this is really happening. There's a real um, thing on the news. Yeah, but that was the other thing is like, so I didn't like their interactions, but I also didn't like him. Like, no, that's he's always charming. I had a hard time because i thought it would be funnier richard pryor is really funny and i didn't think he was being very funny he was being serious more than anything and he, he, that wasn't he, fun he was either very serious or super crazy well he was yeah. exasperated through the whole movie because he kept trying to get rid rid of money he was so trying to make right. and there were funny parts like the he spent money and then ends up making money, right? Like, oh, we invested it and we made you $10 million. And he's like, what? Like, these are funny scenarios, but it wasn't fun. You know what it is? I feel like this movie was two unrelated movies trying to coexist, like smashed together. There is this 
So you can imagine a movie about the dream of wanting to play against the majors again and coming into some financial boon that allows you to to get your your minor league. It's like a heartwarming movie, light comedy. I don't know. To based around that. The replacements. Yeah, I, <laughs> basically. Maybe. I haven't seen that one. But yeah, it's it's about him being twilight of his minors career and really just wanting to go up against the Yankees and getting some sort of shot. Yeah. That's one movie. Right. The other movie is this, I don't know, Mr. Deeds, like, yeah. like, like kind of madcap comedy or whatever about, I ah, got it, got this yeah. money, got to get rid of this money. Blah, blah, blah. And that, were, that could be, that actually could be played by uh, Richard Pryor. Like, I think we've seen the range that he has that he could do either one. I don't think he's able to pull off both of those in the same confused movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And he didn't do a bad job. I just, I didn't like it. Yeah. Because <laughs> Did, he, was, I feel this was because he was an inconsistent character. Either he's the, you would have liked him as this light, like more lighthearted, like I do this or this other, like just sadder, not sadder. What's the word you would look for? Stressed out. No, no, no. He wouldn't be stressed out in the baseball. Oh, on the baseball and um, dreaming. Yeah. Oh. Wistful, you know, I think you, I think you would have liked him if he had, committed to one of these two characters so then you also have john candy who again i would have expected this to be funnier except for you're frustrated with him the whole time because he's working against your hero (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's great he i didn't dislike john candy's character at all but it just it wasn't as he can he's so much funnier than i i I don't know if i laughed at all during any of his scenes which is weird for a john candy performance or Actually, you might know too. Was he a huge sports fan? Because I feel like sports Brian? movies. Yeah, no, no. Um, John Candy. I feel like I associate him with sports in like every yeah. movie I can think of. I think I remember seeing him in Knicks games back in the day. That uh, makes sense. That famous story at the Super Bowl where they're driving to win, for now getting the huddle, and Joe Montana says, "Hey, look, John Candy." Nice. He asked to be in this movie. That's a fun fact. Is uh, he talked to the director and was like, I, "Can I be in it?" And the director was like, "Yeah, you can play this." And at that point, like the role was smaller. He's like, "There's not really a lot to do, but I'll try to like put more into the role so that you can you can yeah. do it." So that's cool that like he wanted to be in it. And I, he was a likable character, like caring about his friend oh it was so sad at the end when they're collecting money to give to him because he ran out of all his money and you guys don't do that but it's so sweet they were nice but what a sleazebag move that they tried to pull with the receipt the deposit that's a sleazy move and of course that it gives you the mechanism to have a last minute race for the signature, you literally hear the, the clock ticking. Like, I I also thought that was a problem because he spent it as a retainer, which means he's purchased legal services for the future. So, so was is like, it another I, deposit? Yeah, I was like, I mean, even with the deposit, he doesn't have it. He spent it, but he he tomorrow he has an asset in some way. Like he but has it, not an asset, but like. He has free legal services starting tomorrow. Like, I just think that that might be... So at what anyway. point do you feel like maybe there should have been a cheating clause? Because you've got the executor of the will who's already kind of like, ah, this guy's pretty decent. He's doing what he's... And you find out at the last minute that there was cheating and he was clever enough to... Ch- to I feel like 
there's there's a bit of leniency there if you just found out that somebody blatantly was cheating. Yeah. I don't know that Richard Pryor uh, signed a con or did like when he accepted the deal he needed to negotiate that in probably no, i'm saying like informally if the guy who's running this game finds out that one one entity is cheating yeah and you might want to you might can, can cut him a few seconds of extra slack to to find a clever solution at the moment he finds that I don't know. I don't know if you can, he's just the executor, right? He doesn't get to change the terms. So I think at most the law firm doesn't get the money either. Well, then it comes down to perjury, right? Cause if he says, Oh no, he did spend it. Oh, he's going to get, he's going to do an investigation for fraud. Yeah. Yeah. What jerks. Which is funny, right? What did I say? So watching the movie and I was like, okay, what's going to be, the antagonist and i was like wait who gets the money if it are they gonna get the money but they don't they haven't really um painted them as villains yet and he gets he he stands up walks out of the room and then they walk up and they immediately do their villainy like they like we can't have them and i was like oh they are the villain (laughs) like i had just said they haven't really painted them as villains yet or you know so are either of you guys familiar with the source material because this is based on a 1902 novel and i didn't know how close it sticks to that no idea back to 1902 there's been there's been i think several adaptations over the years yeah i i don't know how close it was to source material but i do think it was fun i don't know i don't i mean i'd rather watch richie rich do you guys remember that no richie rich or um Mr. Deeds? No, where's the one where he he blank check? Blank check was fine. Oh God, Let's I love it. Spend Ugh. money. Let's put a water slide in our mansion, and and eat ice cream sundaes. Hey, that's a, what I think would be. Fun. I have a quick question for you guys. You know how like we've seen a lot of movies now that were clearly uh, movies of the MTV like era, right? You know what I mean? Like music videos, this or that. Do you think that, I feel like there is a similar effect from Nickelodeon. Like when you say blank check, I think that like Nickelodeon kids, the kids is like, yeah. 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 I think so. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Nickelodeon was a pretty, I feel like was a pretty major, I don't know, development wave in television. Yeah. Like actual television for children. Or like yeah. for that audience, mm-hmm. not even for children, for kids. For kids, I mean, like like children. It's almost like children yeah, are PBS different. It's, it's, <laughs> Mr. What's Rogers name? were for children. Yeah, I was going to say Mr. Rogers was speaking to children, right? Double Dare was there for kids. That's right. Funny. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Influences. Is this movie influential? I don't. Not I don't on know. me at all. I don't know. No. I don't think so either. I did. Oh, that was one thing. I wanted to see the players. So his baseball team, he puts them up in penthouses with swimming pools. Like I wanted to see all that. Like I I guess that's kind of going to the blank check thing too. Is like, I didn't see him have a lot of fun with the money. That's, I wanted to see basically swimming. Nobody went swimming in this movie. (laughs) That wasn't realistic to me. Uh, so yeah, no, no influences. 
I did, I did see when I was doing a little bit of research, did not fact check, so I don't know if it's true, but okay. um, sources say that this was Richard Pryor's like favorite film that he was in and he really enjoyed making this. And yeah. I can imagine it was fun to do. I can yeah. imagine that. Quick question. He liked being a comedic actor instead of like full on comedian. Quick question. What is the average percentage that car loses when you drive it off the lot? 3%? 30? 3? 3? Is it 3? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just like, you could go to a Ferrari dealership, buy one, drive it, turn around and being like, you know, this isn't quite the color I want. And you could drain money very quickly. Yeah. The thing is, is 30 million is a lot. So yeah. I was trying to keep up with the math. I had a hard time. And finally, it was like, okay, $1,000 for this person thousand dollars for this person trying to remember how much he was spending and then timesing that by four and was like wow we're under a million for the people that he was paying weekly um except for like the vice president and well even there it's only four hundred thousand right if he's paying him a hundred thousand a week so that was pretty like okay this is a good uh, lesson on how how much money a million dollars is and then he needs to spend 30 of those. He has to do that 30 times. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. Pretty cool. Um, what is your favorite thing about this movie? I liked his retirement speech. Or <laughs> like the, the whole... As a baseball game? Yeah, I thought that it was... Like I said, that's a movie that I probably would have enjoyed. Like this guy... He, he clearly liked, he seemed like a really good guy. He looked out for all of his friends. He really loved the sport he was in. He liked giving that, that uh, what, the 26-year-old a chance to be seen, all of that. And then he got to go out standing in front of a crowd of people who love the sport that he loves and playing against a team that he probably admired, this, that, or whatever. I think if I were to say I really liked something out of the movie, that whole dynamic I liked. So that's similar to what my favorite thing is, is just him. like. Aside from his creepy passes at the woman, <laughs> which I just kind of feel like it's the movie's fault and not his, um, he does. He seemed like a nice, a nice guy. Um, I liked how he was trying to spend the money. Yeah. And I think he would have spent it in better ways if he could have. And so, yeah, it, it, I guess it made me kind of hopeful. Like he's not a douchebag, dirtbag guy. So I liked that. Yeah, I liked how he tried to give away his money. Like the, the, the him trying to be somewhat inventive about the ways to give it away. I like that part of it. Mm -hmm. What was he was smart? I I I thought he was pretty smart. Like he, he he they didn't have him be a yeah they didn't have him be dumb right. He 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 immediately was like okay I got to spend money. I'm gonna hire you. I'm gonna do this, that. Like he did a lot, especially without having anybody to help him. Like he didn't say, "I need you guys to help me spend this money," and right. I don't want to have any left over. So he had to do all of that by himself. And I thought he was pretty, pretty, pretty good, yeah. good about did, how to do that. Did either of you guys watch Last Holiday? Of course. A long time ago. Okay, so isn't that she has money and she's gonna die, so she travels somewhere? Yeah, she finds out she she gets diagnosed yeah. with terminal disease and she has like, like a days left. Yeah, so she she had all the savings and she finally goes on the vacation that she. So my thought had gone was that it. he could fly to like Monaco, even if you can only gamble 
5%, you can spend a lot of money in some of the highest uh, uh, priced gambling locations in the world, right? Just to get a hotel and this or that. Fly oh, the God, whole that's team something, with that was them. a thought I had while I was watching. I meant to mention earlier. Fly the whole team and their family. Yeah, get on a private plane, charter a plane. Yeah. Don't even do well. Charter Rent a plane a for yourself, while you're there. and then buy, buy tickets for everybody. I feel like anything boat related is always going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. A yacht, get you a yacht. Yep. No, just rent it. Just rent it. Yep. Yep, because you can't sell it at the end. You can't have it at the end. So <laughs> just rent it. It was interesting. I it was a good point that he rented all those clothes. Um, yeah, I was like, they're repossessing those clothes so quickly. I had missed that he that he was renting the clothes somehow. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he said, I need you to take these away. Because if he, they were still there, he would be in trouble. So he must have had it in their contract. Yeah, that, if like, they were still there, he wouldn't I be need- in trouble because he didn't own them, right? The physical location of them wouldn't be the ownership. I guess so. Yeah. Anyways, it was a clever movie, I think. Clever overall Mm -hmm. and it did a lot for probably not costing a lot like the movie itself would have had to spend the money to get people to monaco or maybe not i mean you can but it might have been a more expensive movie if you had done it that way instead they kept it all in new york which i thought was interesting Mm -hmm. yeah i mean this is not casino royale (laughs) so they probably (laughs) saved some money but this was a success right so i think i saw that that it made money which is nice i think it got 16 million off of a 7 million budget wow I thought I saw 20 million and it got 46. <laughs> but in any case, it was it was in the positive side. Yeah, so. You know what? The budget is maybe I was looking something else up. You said it's, the budget was 20 million. So whatever you got, whatever um, you just quoted is probably closer to. I don't know where those other two numbers came from. I just <laughs> I've been looking up different movies recently. So. Maybe it's yeah something else. All right. Well, I don't have anything else to say about Rooster's Millions. Do you? No, that's it for me. Okay. Are you ready to rate it? Yeah. Yep. What year was this? 85? 1985. Brewster's Millions starring Richard Pryor and John Candy. Is it a classic or are we past it? I'm uh, past it. Classic for me. <laughs> I think it's a classic. I think having Richard Pryor in a leading role where he's not over the top goofy funny like full-on comedian um is probably a good thing but you didn't like him (laughs) yeah but I feel like that's more a casual like I was like I didn't really blame it on his character I blame it on the movie I feel like that's a casualty of the 80s like they were treating women like that in the 80s and it sucks but that's that's how they did it (laughs) so I kind of I mean, if I can look, if I can look past the brown face to make Short Circuit a classic, I can look past him hitting on this woman. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's not like it's not realistic. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they are. I think that's specifically why they're fiance. They're engaged and not married. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, okay, you're a fiance. There's still time. I can still keep you from that train wreck, which. It's actually a good thing. Even if they don't end up together, he helped her out by getting her away from who she was with because he was, was he a, not right for her. Was he a problem? Well, it seemed like she didn't really know him, right? She's like, oh, you couldn't buy Warren. He's so great. And then he's like, immediately, yeah. he was like, if Bruce yes, never you can buy along, me. He might have just been fine. Well, except for like how he, he actually 
at some point thought of her as like below him and they showed that later so i mean i think it was thin thinly done but i think it was there the idea like he's not good good. there was something that i think you wanted to mention towards the beginning but wasn't it something about twisting your head off oh yeah so the other woman um in the very beginning in the bar when the so she's engaged to one of the players in the other team that they had won earlier in the day and he shows up and he says something like shut up or get back or go home or something before i twist your head off yeah to a woman to his fiance that's insane that yeah. is good old 80s dv so good so good wow. Yeah. Wow. Now yeah, he you, was you familiar. I didn't know who who that who that actor was, but he was he was really familiar. Oh, also really liked, really loved. If I didn't say Richard Pryor's character as my favorite thing, was the fact that that uh, minor league team, their stadium, had a train go through the back of it. It's like the outfield. Yeah. I thought it was great in that first scene. Like they have train. I laughed. Like. They have train tracks in their field. Like, that's pretty typical. And laughed at it. And then they went further and actually were like, time out. And there's a train, train, an actual train going through it. I I laughed at that. That was was the funniest thing. I guess that's like, what's the funniest thing about this movie? That was the funniest thing about this movie. Game on. (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. Okay. So thanks for uh, spending Brewster's Millions with us. Tim, you're up. Nice. You like it? You're up. Do yeah. you know what you want to watch for next week? Golden Child. Oh. And I have a guest who wants to come on for Golden Child. So. Awesome. Let's do it. Yay. That's exciting. Okay. Friends, yeah. we're going to meet a new friend and the Golden Child next week when, Kendon, what will we be? We'll be back. Mm-hmm.